This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're continuing on with our expectations series today. And if you're not familiar with those yet, uh, we picked two players and actually an analyst who joins me, and it's going to be Sarah Ellison today, uh, picks two players uh, of her uh, choosing that that uh, uh, she has an interest in uh, to talk about what would make a good and great season in 2022. What are some goals? Where's the, where's the player now? And then ultimately, what is a good and a great season for 2022? Sarah, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it just feels like we're inching closer and closer to football. Yeah, always a pleasure. We're going to go through the uh, the black hole here for about six weeks after, well, pretty much after when? <laughs> mandatory so, camp. It's yeah. between mandatory camp and training camp that is the dead time for sure. Uh, uh, mandatory so camp ends what day? Mandatory camp is, I don't remember the, the exact date, but we're in the middle of second week of OTAs and you have a third week of OTAs and then it's mandatory camp. So we're a couple weeks out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. And then about a, about a five, six week break until camp starts at the end of July. And then uh, that'll be a lot of fun, of course. Well, first of all, tell us uh, your, your Twitter handle is at SG Ellison. Yep. That's it. Okay. One of the great follows on Twitter. Her stuff is so universally beloved to take a look at the number of likes that she gets on even a typical tweet, but uh, it's because she posts really um, interesting, thought-provoking material, and, and I always appreciate seeing her uh, her new posts. Sarah, tell us who, who you took in terms of players. 
Oh, I selected uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, obviously a key to the Ravens passing game this year. And um, I also took Vince Beagle, uh, the veteran free agent signing, kind of under the radar a little bit. Um, he's a five-year veteran. He's been around the league, Green Bay, uh, Miami, New Orleans. Um, so we'll get to all that, but those are the two. Okay, fantastic. So we'll talk about Bateman first. Uh, and uh, again, these are not guys that are tied by positional group or whatever, or trying to give individual analysts a chance to opine on players within the positional group. So it's kind of like two shows within one. You get up, you get a uh, two for one bonus here. So uh, Rashad Bateman played the final 12 games after his return from injury last year. Uh, one of the things I think is injured, interesting is he played five with Huntley, one with Johnson, and only six with Lamar. Right. Right. Um, and there were some differences in those games. Um, definitely. So, um, I think the Ravens with Rashad Bateman are sitting on a potential gold mine <laughs> if they can unlock it. Um, I think, you know, what we saw a lot with from the get go in his rookie year is that he can move the chains, right? He, I can't remember. It was like his first what was it? 13 catches, 12 of them went for first down, something, something like that. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me. So um, that was nice to see that with Lamar. It was nice to see him and Lamar gain that trust um, that when you need a first, first down that you can go to Bateman and get that. So I, I like that. I saw another level of trust that perhaps um, Bateman could have developed with Lamar had Lamar also stayed healthy or, had they had training camp together or, you know, so many missed opportunities mm -hmm. of being on the field together. But what I liked when he was with Huntley specifically, I believe it was the Cleveland game is Huntley would throw up 50, 50 balls to him mm -hmm. um, a little bit deeper. And so he would, he would look and, and it didn't look at first. And on some of these throws that Bateman was open, which is ironic because one of Bateman's, specialties is getting separation and getting open. Um, but there were a couple of passes where the blitz was coming. And uh, I think I'm just trying to think of one was a go route and Huntley did not have time and he just threw it in Bateman's direction and Bateman rewarded him. And so with all the talk about how yet again, the defenses of the NFL have figured out how to stop Lamar. And that is that, zero, zero blitz, zero uh, coverage in the back end, you have to make him pay. And I see Lamar and his chemistry with Bateman in those situations as one of the ways to get defenses to back off. That if Lamar can on those quick, on those go routes or whatever, where you just got to throw it up because the heat is coming, let Rashad Bateman reward you the way he did Huntley in that Cleveland game. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, and obviously the other teams are going to try thing after thing to try and stop Lamar. It was cover zero against the Dolphins in terms mm -hmm. of, of of what was effective for them. They had 40 cover zero looks in that game. Uh, and you're right. I mean, the, the, the way you have to do that is is by beating him deep. There's there's not really another great way to do it. So uh, having a guy you trust there, or in fact, having more than one uh, is really yes. good for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bateman will be 23 in November, so still a very young guy. Uh, certainly has the size and pedigree at 6'2", 210 uh, to play on that X side. I think that's where we'll see him this year. 
Uh, effectively, that means he's tethered to the line of scrimmage on the left side with no tight end on the left. That's the usual formation the Ravens go with the tight end on the right side or strong side. Um, they'll, they will uh, have the single receiver there. That means he can't be used in motion. But a big guy like Bateman doesn't really need motion to release from the line of scrimmage. Doesn't mean we'll never see him anywhere else because receivers move around. He could be using the slot, whatever. But I think mostly we're going to see him at that X spot. Um, he Just to, re- to chime in there. So uh, last year, uh, according to reception perception, mm-hmm. he was the X receiver. Um, 76% of his snaps were at the X receiver spot. 83% on the outside. Um so X or Z, but 76% at X. And, you know, this is where, this is where he can be a difference maker for the Ravens. You, you tell me, Ken, what you think. I can't remember the last time the Ravens have had somebody as a dominant X receiver who can win route by route one-on-one. I mean, in years that it's just like, you don't have to, like you said, motion them over or put up these schemes, which, which you will see that and whatever, but he can win. So again, going back to those um, zero coverage blitz on those three to one alignments where he's alone in that X, he can get open. He can get mm-hmm. open one on one. So this is where the Ravens have a chance to be different because I haven't seen an X receiver like that in Baltimore. Have you? I, I mean, no. They're, yeah. but like Anquan Bolden. I mean, you know, you, you really have to go back a, a, a number of years. But a guy who can, you need to do two things at least to be effective as an X receiver. The first is be physical at the line of scrimmage when physicality is required. So if the other team decides they want to press you and it's usually risky against those bigger X receivers, because cornerbacks don't tend to be as big as six, two, two, 10. There are exceptions, but, but it's pretty rare. Um, Then Bateman has to have the physicality to get free at the line of scrimmage at the top of the route is where really where he shines. And this was true in college. He, he has tremendous technical proficiency for his age in terms of all being able to run all the routes. And a lot of receivers can go their entire NFL career where they really, you know, live off a couple of routes, you know, a, a stop and comeback and a, and a fly route or a nine. Um, you know, they, they, they can get by with that if they're just a deep threat. Well, Bateman is, is much more polished than that. And what that leads to is the defender opposite him as the top of the route is more susceptible to error. So Bateman, and and as he discovers more ways to read leverage, but really for, for receivers, since they're given a route, it's more, more about inducing improper leverage in your opponent. Um, he'll take a step and create a misstep from his, mm-hmm. from his opponent and then use that to get big separation. Not a real fast guy. That's not his game. He's about separation in terms of at the top of the route stem where he got. So he's got to get to that top of the route stem, which is, which is about that physicality. Perfect. To, to augment what you're saying there again, I have just a couple more stats from I, reception. Perception is amazing. If you want to analyze, you know, uh, wide receivers, but send me um, that link, please. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to have a, a, um, account subscription. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I bought the lowest one, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, so he broke down. So what reception perception does is he takes eight games from everybody. And then he's found that if you take eight games, that will usually sample out to the whole season. If they play the whole season for Rashad, it happened to be, I believe Rashad played eight games, something like that. So this is very representative of his, of his um, rookie year. So what he does is he looks at the coverage type and then he has a success rate. You can look into what he means by success rate, but it, it basically means that you get open. Um, and so 
uh, versus man. Well, first let's do zone because traditionally, although it changed a bit with with the zero coverage, traditionally people have always guarded Lamar in zone. So in that zone, zone against zone coverage, Bateman has had an eighty three point one percent success rate. So that's actually his best. He's in the eighty fifth percentile on that. Mm-hmm. Then you go to man coverage. Uh, which is what you want a you know this X receiver to be able to do. Man coverage, he had a success rate of 72.7%. So that's the 74th percentile. And then against press against press com- coverage, he was 76.5% success rate, which is the 81st percentile. Nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. And so just to give you an idea of why these numbers are important, obviously you want to have success, but in perception, reception perceptions, um, full time of logging this data, they said, if you hit the 80th percentile against man, so Bateman didn't hit that, but I think he can remember he's coming off mm-hmm. an injury. It's his rookie year. I fully expect him to, to hit that 80% success rate. 80, 80, if you're, or excuse me, you have to be the 80th percentile. So he's 81st percentile in press 74th in man. But if you hit 80th percentile in man, only one time in their, in their, um, history of doing this. History of doing it. No, that's 90th percentile. 80th percentile is an 82% hit rate, meaning if you are if you are in that 80th percentile, you will have a 1,000-yard a, a season. And this is obviously going back to 16 At some games. point in your career. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, if you hit 90th percentile, it's 100% success rate at some point. Mm-hmm. You're Now, if you want to go all the way down to the 70th percentile, which is Bateman's just right above that, it's still a 78% hit rate. Okay. So, and I fully expect Bateman to take another step there. So, yeah. I mean, he's already great against press. He's good against man. He's obviously good in zone. I mean, the versatility is phenomenal. It's do, phenomenal. Do you, I, I don't want to ask you to do too much into somebody else's methodology, but do you happen to know what the universe is? What's the, the percentile is, is of all players that get a certain number of targets or, you know, what there is, is there a requirement there? I'll say there. I'm sure, yes, but I don't remember what it is, and I'll send okay. you the link. He's got a methodology, okay. a methodology section. Um, the other he's thing fun to have I, this guy on the show, I think you need to call him. Yeah, yeah, have him have him on. The I mean, he's predicting obviously big things for Rashad Bateman. The other thing that I think is interesting is obviously Bateman can run all the routes, but he was heavy on in breaking routes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so between the post dig curl and slant, sixty three point five of his uh, percent of his routes were in breaking. Now. Mm-hmm. I think he can do others. I'm guessing, Ken, that that's more Lamar because Lamar Lamar's excellent at reading the middle of the field. So I don't know if that's just – I don't know because – and I was watching his college highlights to prepare for this. He had plenty of corner routes into the end zone. He's getting the ball right. over his shoulder, you know, so I know he can do it. I just wonder if it was so um, tilted towards in-breaking if it was because, you know, that's Lamar's specialty is reading the middle of the field. I, th- um, I would not, I, I, I yeah, I, I don't know, honestly, that'd be, yeah. that'd be very interesting and uh, great stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about what he did in 2021, a little more. He reduced his drops from his college rate. His rookie drop rate was 6.1%, which is not bad. That's okay for the NFL. In fact, it's a little above average. Uh, it was a concern. You know, when he was the, the night he was drafted, it was a concern because a good polished route runner who drops the ball frequently is, is not exactly what you want. He can certainly cut into his yards per target. Um, his yards per target was not special in his in his rookie year, only seven point seven. 
But I think that was a function of the loss of Jackson in part. It may also be a function of what you were just mentioning, the notion that he didn't he wasn't able to really run the full route tree. And that may have been either a design issue of Roman or a uh, a question in terms of what Lamar really likes to throw, where he's comfortable throwing the football. Um, either one is possible. They're going to they're going to need to expand what he does in the offense this year just because he's the only guy. And a lot of the things that were done by Hollywood already, he's he's got to be the guy to do them. Yeah. I mean, again, like you said, he's not a speed guy. But when you go back to his college career, I mean, he was he could go deep. It's mm-hmm. just a different type with Hollywood. You want to see the burners and he's got massive separation. Again, um, Bateman can get separation, though it's through different ways. But you got to let him go up and get those 50-50 balls even deep. And he yeah. he comes down with them. He comes down with them. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see him get more of those opportunities. And and as you said, improve his his catch, his yards per catch. Right. Stat. It, it's actually yards per target. So he's That's got right. it, Sorry, you, yards you per target. Multiple ways to do that. But, yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. I do. I you you made the point. I mean, cover zero. It, it it's obvious to some people. It's, it's maybe it's not obvious to every listener. But I'll just say that you know, obviously, you have no safety on the back end in a cover zero look. Your safeties are up at the line of scrimmage, threatening the quarterback, and so you you get a man opportunity automatically. A, a man opportunity. One of the other values that I think Bateman is going to bring this offense is. He's one of the guys who demands double coverage just because yep. of how effective he is at the top of the top of the route. And because of that, he'll have a gravitational effect, you know, not what Lamar Jackson has, but a good one to peel off coverage from other areas that may help Charlie Kolar, Mark Andrews, right. you know, uh, James Prochet uh, find the space they need to. Uh, exactly. To exactly. Let's talk about goals for 2022 here. Um, I, I'll start, but we'll go one at a time here. No questions arise regarding his status as a number one receiver. I don't want to hear one thing this year that that says that he might not really be the Ravens' number one receiver. Whether he's a, a number one receiver in the NFL, I discount all that talk, and particularly in the Ravens' offense where, where targets are limited. You don't want to hear talk about that he's not a true number one. Is that you're saying? No, like, I don't no. want to hear talk about he, he's not the Ravens number one. Okay. I don't think it'll come up, but if it does, it would be very bad. If, if all of a sudden James, there's thoughts that James Prochet is really the number one receiver. Oh, I've never even heard that. People say that we haven't heard it yet. And so the goal no. is for it not to come up during the season. Oh, oh, <laughs> that he becomes unquestioned because he's producing at a rate that it's like not even questioned. Is that what you're saying? There you go. Okay, got you, got you. Okay, so that's a goal for 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 a good season. Is that you? Uh, I just lost you. I can't hear you. I'm sorry. I muted there to take go. a drink okay. and then you asked me a question. That's <laughs> okay. But but uh, uh, yes, it's a goal. I'm not saying right now whether it falls into the good or great category, but oh, any any okay. goal you have uh, for for Bateman in 2022. Well, I've, I don't I don't have that separated out from a good or great. I have my goals separated into good and great goals. Okay, so okay. Um, so a good goal is to me re- uh, to start to start with repeating what he did last year, but elongated out over 17, 17 games. Mm-hmm. So he became, as we said, a reliable chain mover. He was mostly in that X position. He was getting open. He had very clean hands, as you mentioned. His drop rate was, I think, it was. Depends on who you look at. I think you, if you look at Pro Football Reference, he had two drops, so it was a uh, very, very low rate. Um, other people say it's one, depending on how you judge it. Um, 
So, so that, and if he, if he had just doing what he did last year would have gotten him about 750 yards, which would have been great as, which would have been perfectly great as a rookie. So if he, that's one good goal for me is just repeat what you did last year over the 17 games. Um, another goal, I felt like there were a couple of times where he'd be featured at the beginning of games and then would disappear for a period of time. And I don't know what the cause of that is. I don't know what it was, but I don't want to see him disappear, you know, like, you know, have these chunks or whatever. So that to me would be a good goal where it's like, you know, it wasn't like one quarter, then three quarters. We don't hear from him again. Yeah. That's good. Don't don't disappear is an excellent one. I want to see connections with Jackson get tighter, uh, including extended plays. And that's one of the places where, you know, Andrew shows up with a lot of additional targets is on extended plays where it's like read one, read two, Andrews again, and I'll I'll find him somewhere. Uh, and and I, I want that connection to be with more than just Andrews if possible. Yeah. Uh, and and Clearly, you know, you've already made the point that anytime Bateman is one-on-one coverage, if that becomes a good time where Lamar trusts him to throw the ball up and Bateman is either going to catch the ball or at least make sure no interception occurs, that's a good thing. Yeah, I have the same thing written here for good. A good year is more trust and chemistry with Lamar Jackson. Um, So I like to see that those two worked out in the middle or over the offseason. Um, my guess is, is they'll have a chance the last week of OTAs and mandatory camp and then training camp, you know, hoping everybody's healthy. That's a caveat with all these shows, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I just want him to gain more trust, more trust. And, and Lamar can just be like, I'm in trouble. I'm throwing it to him. I know he's going to do good things. Okay. So what's, you can go ahead with the next one since you kind of latched on to mine there. Okay, so the last one is more numbers-based. To me, a good year would be around 20% of targets. I hate to say exactly what Mm -hmm. number that is because looking back over the last three years, the number of total targets, whether it's Lamar or, you know, last year, a ton of quarterbacks has just wildly swung. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. 2019 was like around 420 then 2020 was a big dip. And then this last year, probably because the running game was injured, um, like the top three running backs. So the the targets went way up. So I was originally just going to be like, give him all the Hollywood's targets. And I do think that he can have all those and then everybody else can then divide up his old targets. Um, so, but, but so 20% of targets would be good to me. He had 11.5% of the targets last year. Uh, depending on how many times they throw it, that could be between 90 and 100 targets. That's 800 yards and six touchdowns. I think that would be a good a good year. That would come out to around 800 yards. So I think that would be a good year for him. I'm sorry, your your number of targets was was how much approximately? Well, it, it depends. I mean, it could go anywhere between sure. 80 and 100. <laughs> that 20% could swing depending on how much the Ravens pass it. Right. Um, like I said, it's it's been a wild swing, but so it, Hollywood but, yeah. got 146 targets last year. I, Correct. I, I I don't think he'll get all that many. At least I really hope not, because if the Ravens' offense is running efficiently, they'll run the ball and run the ball and run the ball some more, uh, and cause progressive despair in their opponents rather than passing the ball. Um, which is which I, I personally find very fun and and uh, engaging to watch it. You know, just running the other team over. Uh, I'll, I'll give you another goal I have. I think the target one is good, and I, I, I've got something on targets later that's a little bit different. 
but I want him used as an isolated receiver most frequently to make the mm. best use of his route running. So I want to see him over there on the X without a slot on his side. He could actually provide value to a slot on his side, but he can also provide value by taking away that one third of the field too and giving it to him isolated. They do that for great basketball players, of course, when you have an offensive virtuoso and you have rules about the NBA has about having to play man defense. Uh, not being allowed to play zone, you you can afford to isolate your one guy and and create opportunities for him that way. And this is this would be similar to that that they would uh, um, they would isolate him on that left side. Got nothing to add. Totally agree. Got another one. I'm ready for great. <laughs> uh, uh, well, you can go to great. I, I I didn't differentiate, but go to a great one. Okay. Well, to me, for him to be a great great receiver is he smashes. The Ravens wide receiver draft curse. Uh, I think Torrey Smith someone somewhat helped it, but didn't smash it. I want him to smash it. That would be great and become like an alpha X receiver. It's just like um, that when you, when the Ravens say play the Bengals week five Sunday night football and you see that, that Sunday night football graphic and you see Jamar Chase up there, I want... Rashad Bateman, who's a different player, different receiver from Jamar Chase, to be our alpha. That it's like, ooh, this is going to be a matchup. Our alpha X, which is different from your alpha X, but both need to be accounted for. That would be smashing the curse and and just, you know, being up on that level. That'd be great. I'm certainly all for that. But anything where where there's a rational comparison made of – uh, top receivers that includes Jamar Chase and any one of our guys. I'm I'm all for that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, good deal. I um I don't know if you're get, kind of getting towards the end of your goals or not, but but in terms of what I want to see to him in terms of rate improvement, I want some uh, catch. His catch he can do one of two things. He can either have the same catch rate, which is about two thirds of the ball, a little over he caught this last year, which is pretty good, but he has to have that with deeper a dot average depth of target. Or mm. he can have a higher depth of target if they're going to use him on more shallow routes. I actually would prefer the first of those cho- of those choices, but in some way he needs to improve his point on the efficient frontier of catch rate and a dot. So I, I'm I, he's good receiver. Take that next step. He really needs to do one of those two. You'd prefer the first one, which was going longer average depth of target, but with longer. the same catch rate. Oh, he can't he can't go down when he's going out deeper. Okay. It's 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 hard. He needs to increase yeah. his his point on the efficient frontier. So I'm saying so he can either yeah. be the same and better in A dot or he can be yeah. a higher catch rate with the same A dot. With okay. I got you. Yeah, I agree. I'd prefer that first one. Mm-hmm. Same, same catch rate, but but with yeah, more depth. Oh, that's a good one. I've I've got another one here. More broken tackles leading to better yards after contact rate, and and some of that may be a function of Jackson that he didn't really have a great um, yards after contact year. It was one of the weaknesses. Three point seven yards after contact. I think Jackson will put balls in a first of all a couple things. He'll give him some deep balls, which give you thirty yards after the after the catch sometimes where he he's behind the defense. But it'll yeah. also give you some more well thrown balls which make it then easier for you to focus on what's your next move. And uh, Huntley had not the same degree of accuracy. And um, also a lot of the 
uh, scheme with Huntley had to be get the ball out of his hands very quickly because his pocket awareness is lower than Jackson. Mm-hmm. And, and to do that, they're throwing underneath a lot, which, of course, you know, the defense is coming crashing down on that receiver and restricting yards after contact ability. So I think we'll see better from him. But I, but I want to see a, a pretty significant step forward in Yakko. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I was actually surprised how low it was from his rookie mm-hmm. year um, because just, again, thinking back to his college highlights, um, there were so many times where a simple slant, off an RPO, by the way, mm-hmm. would like, he would take to the house, you know? So but I don't know that, that the defenders needed to respect our RPOs as much as they have in the past. So getting back, you know, Dobbins and, you know, all that kind of stuff should you know, hopefully suck in more of the defense, but there were so many times where he would take a quick slant and just be gone, just be gone. Um, And then there were a couple more. Again, if you're giving him some 50-50 balls, a lot of times the defender will fall and then he comes up with it and then he can land on his feet and then keep going. So, um, so all the yak doesn't have to necessarily be just breaking tackles. It could just be uh, getting it, you know, in the right spot and, and on the run. So yeah, sure. It's a good blocking in front with Linderbaum this year. And if, if he, if he hits on those two points in some combination, he'll improve his yards per target pretty significantly, yeah. I think. So yeah. uh, that's obviously the overall goal this year is that, that yards per target number is just, it's not exceptional for, for a top receiver and he really needs to improve it. Well, and you know, I mean, I believe he was at 13, which, which for his last year, which I know he was injured and there was COVID, but it was his junior year that he was like up at like 20 or 21, something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's got it in him. Yeah. Uh, one stat I'd encourage people not to be too concerned about is yards per route run for Ravens receivers. Uh, too, too much is different about the Ravens offense and how they're run focused to start with that. That I think you, you, you can, um, ignore some of that too much is different about the tight end focus of this offense. Uh, so receivers end up with lower YPRR rates. And, and again, I think that's something I didn't want to, I, I want most of what I said, I want to be qualitative about Bateman, but in his case, he's already a good qualitative player and, and he needs to improve on rate components of his game more than anything. So I did have some of that in this episode. Perfect. Um, I have a great for just, uh, for his yards and all that kind of stuff up from his good that I put out there. Okay. Um, so for good, I said 20% target share. I think great would be 25%. So wow. if you go back, if you go back to Hollywood, obviously because they threw so much, it was almost 150. Uh, but even in the past, it's been right around there, 23, 25%. If, well, not his rookie year, but the year before that, he was still pretty high up there. So if you're at 25%, because both Hollywood and Mark were right around that 25% mark. So if you're at 25%, that tells me that we are reaching the goal that we talked about, which is that Lamar trusts you more. Because we know, we know Lamar trusted Marquise. We know he trusts uh, Mark Andrews. So if he goes up to that 25% share, that to me means that's, that's a, that's a sign that Lamar is trusting him. So um, if man, if he, Ups his yards per target, which was eight last year, I believe, right around seven, eight. Seven point, no, it was under that. It was seven point, uh, let me get to it real quick, 7.6. 7.6, okay. Yeah. Well, so what What? What rate do you want to see for, uh, for, it, for, a, it, for a great year? 
For, well, the top receivers in Ravens history have been right around 10 yards per target. Uh, Mark Andrews in his rookie year was 11.04. That's the Ravens record. They've had three receivers ever over 10. Uh, Derek Alexander in 1996. Todd Heap did it in 2010. And one other guy um, might have been Jermaine Lewis in 98. But it's it's been – they have not been a lot of them, and there have not been many recently, and I don't think there were – any with Flacco, including Torrey Smith in his best years. So would you say 11 would be great? Oh, 11 would be off the charts fantastic. I, okay. I take nine and a half. You'll take nine and a half. Okay. Yeah. Well, if he's getting 25% target share and is around nine and a half to yeah. 10, he's going to be well above a thousand yards. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, a Mark type year getting closer to 12 and then, you know, 10, 10 touchdowns. That would be a great year and it would be a Pro Bowl year. And it yeah. would be the first time the Ravens have a Pro Bowl receiver, drafted Pro Bowl receiver who's going to the Pro Bowl as a receiver and not as special teams. That would be a sensational great year. Yeah, 100, 125 targets at 9.5 yards per target would be 1,188 yards. So that's, there you go. that's uh, that'd be a fantastic year for him, I think. And I think Ravens fans who might be expecting more are probably a little bit unreasonable. I think he could still have a good year with less than that. I'll go quickly through what my good and great years are. The first is good. Jackson Bateman developed a connection leading to a season that at least approaches 100 targets, but no yardage milestone is required if the offense goes back to efficient running of the football, hyper-efficient running of the football. So if the offense is winning games because they're running the football, it's not going to be Rashad Bateman's fault. In fact, he's probably contributing to it. Uh, But that's Mm -hmm. my good year for him. I like it. I like it. My great year is he becomes option 1A in an offense. And obviously we know Andrews is really option number one. Uh, you could say one or 1A that is built equally on run and pass, delivers quality run blocking personally, makes a significant rate stat improvement across the board. And inevitably that leads to good receiving yards and touchdown totals. Yeah, I've said to a lot of people, uh, you know, people always talk about balance. Do you have balance between um rushing and passing and uh, like I don't like that term because it almost makes it feel like you have to stick to a 50 50 and I don't like that so I like the word harmony better because harmony gives you it's it's more you know musical or whatever and it's like you don't just say oh 50 percent of the time you have to hit this note and you hit it over and over and over and over and over again no like that doesn't that doesn't make music so to me harmony is 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 that the offense as a whole is churning. And if it happens to be that the defense cannot stop bully ball, well then that's, that's harmony because you're scoring. And, and, and if you can't stop it, it's probably because you have a Bateman and you have a Mark Andrews and maybe somebody else steps up that is a threat and it's helping the running game. And then there may be times where another team is just built and they finally stop you in the tracks and, and, but, but you can't stop both. And so if you're going to commit all your resources to stopping bully ball, well, you don't have the resources to stop that and stop Rashad Bateman and, and Mark Andrews and whoever else wants to step up. So to me, I don't like that. I don't like being the stringent, like 50, 50 to me, it's harmony. I want to see the two, the pass and the, and the run game harmonize. And I, and of course, Mark Andrews, but Rashad Bateman is going to be a huge part of that harmony. If it's going to harmonize, he's a massive piece in that equation. 
Com completely agree. Couldn't have said that better, but I, I would put it just in terms of points per drive. Really simply, the Ravens had a historic offense in 2019 at 3.08 points per drive. They dropped off in 2020, but they were still very good. And mm -hmm. if they could return to about 2.65 points per drive is where I want it. That'd be about fifth or sixth in the NFL if they did it. That offense compared with what I think this defense can be with an effective, efficient offense again, mm -hmm. would be perfectly harmonized as you say it, or or have the proper efficiency to uh, to to beat opponents and and really I think lean on them in the second half of football games, which I'm really looking for defensively is for the Ravens to lean on opponents in terms of being able to generate turnovers in that second half and say. I dare you. I dare you to think you can run the football against us, even when we have a bunch of defensive backs in the game. Love it. Okay. Ready to move on to Vince Beagle? Let's do it. All right. Outstanding. I know you're kind of limited on time here, but we'll be a little faster, I'm sure, with Vince Beagle, since there's probably less to say. He's had limited playing time in a five-year career, fourth team after stints with Green Bay, New Orleans, and Miami. Uh, he'll be 29 in July. We kind of forget about this guy, but he was the very first pick of day three. And you know the focus that's on first pick of day two, first pick of day three in the draft. Um, but he was cut one year removed from that, from being the 108th selection uh, by the Packers. He was one of the final cuts in 2018. Uh, cleared waivers, signed with New Orleans, uh, was on the practice squad, played 14 games there, uh, almost exclusively special teams. Um, his best year was 2019 with the Dolphins when he had two and a half sacks among 13 quarterback hits. Had seven tackles for loss that year, but had 10 starts among 15 games. Uh, but then he tore his Achilles in 2020 and missed the entire season. So it's been not a good series of events for series of unfortunate events, we'll call it for, for Vince Beagle in his career. Yeah, it has been, which makes you which is what makes you intrigued, right? Um mm -hmm. for some teams, when you've been through all those injuries with them, it's just like you're done, you're tired of the injuries. And then for another team, it can be a fresh start because um, you recognize the potential. So you talked about it, like where he was drafted, you know, obviously not first round, but um, not the seventh round either. And he, despite all of his injuries, he stuck around. So even in his rookie year, he 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 was he got hurt in a rookie camp. So that that sets him back and all that kind of stuff. So you look back at college and you look at where he's drafted, you're like, wait, he has potential. And the fact that despite those injuries, including the big one in 2020 with his Achilles that, you know, he's still around. So, so um, I like those numbers in 2019, obviously nothing spectacular, but 13 quarterback hits, two and a half sacks, 59 tackles. Yeah. That's in, a, in an interception. That's nice. I went back and I watched uh, the highlights from that 2019 year. Um, we've ever since he's been signed, people have been talking about his versatility. He can, he can play inside linebacker and outside linebacker, uh, based off of reports, Jeffrey Zriebeck reports. He's been more at outside linebacker here in Ravens. And looking back at those highlights, he was definitely more dominant as, a, uh, or he was, he played much more outside linebacker than inside. Yeah. I mean, he's played, honestly, I've heard the versatility comment made, but he's really played outside linebacker his whole yeah. career. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a guy who uh, has the body type and and a little bit of the speed necessary to play Sam, which is something I'd like to see if the Ravens can get him to do. And, and once you realize that, that he, he's, if, if you want to say he's an inside linebacker, he's an inside linebacker in the sense that Tyus Bowser can play off ball and have coverage responsibilities. That's, that's a positive. 
But it's, yeah. it, that doesn't mean he's going to line up in a set piece formation as the weak side linebacker or, or the Mike. That's that ain't happening with Vince Beagle. He's uh, it, that's that's yeah. what. Yeah. In my short study of him, because that is what I initially, you know, reading articles, it was like he can do both. And then you dig deeper and it's like, no, he's more outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's more outside. And they do move him like watching his highlights. I mean, he did. He would rush from inside too or on the outside and he has you know a variety of moves there's a spin move there i've seen some bull rush moves i've seen he can seal the edge which is nice and like you said i saw him drop back so uh, now he's not doing those things at the level that tyus bowser is doing it but as you said that does fit that sam that sam role a little Mm -hmm. bit more so to me it offers that insurance because we really don't know where tyus bowser is i mean I don't. Yeah, <laughs> if I you don't, do, I want to hear. I don't know where he's at. I feel like the Ravens are acting the way that they're signing people and the way they approach the draft with David Ojabo is giving me the impression that they feel somewhat confident that mm-hmm. he'll be back sooner than later. And then you, you know, you, it might be overreading, right? Like everybody's overreading into OTAs and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's what we have. Maybe I'm overreading the videos I've seen bowser when he's walking in the building and he had a step back when a door was opening it was like oh okay he stepped back it wasn't like you know he had to protect his his wow. achilles or anything like that you know <laughs> it's just this, like <laughs> so i'm just trying to like you're just trying to read into like the little pieces that we have but the biggest pieces is just that they the ravens have not freaked out about signing people i, I still assume they're gonna get houston mm-hmm. they've obviously got vince beagle here um, David Ajabo is not going to be ready week one. So it just, the way they're acting makes me feel as if they think that Tyus is going to be back sooner than later for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think in, in a lot of ways, f- there's, there's a couple things going on here, but Vince Beagle gives them three things that I can see that I really like. Number one is it's competition for Jalen Ferguson. Jalen's in his last year. He could really provide something as an edge setter for this team. And maybe as a pass rusher, uh, had a really good camp last year, played 20% of the snaps, but really wasn't all that effective during the season, I think would be fair to say. Uh, Beagle gives them more as a coverage player. He probably gives them about as much as a run defender, at least that would be my hope. Um, but he gives them something else too, is as a fifth, six-year player, five-year career, six-year player, um, he is a handshake deal to make a handshake deal at the vet minimum. So meaning he gives them roster flexibility to add one more player on IR, which actually makes him more attractive than Ferguson, who's a fourth-year player, even though his Ferguson salary is probably slightly lower, um, would be a uh, you know a, a reason to, to keep Beagle. In addition, I think the, the Ravens are probably concerned more than anything about the Sam linebacker situation to start the year, mm-hmm. not having Bowser. Um, they probably don't want to – um, layer on, or they, they're not sure they're going to be able to layer on responsibilities to Owe. It could be very natural, Sam guy, but also he's been so effective on the other side. Why would you want to take him away from that? So mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, the Ravens under the Wink uh, scheme, which is which is also what McDonald you know grew up with, also as a coach, uh, love to drop from both sides. So they want guys that can cover on passing downs on both sides of the line of scrimmage at outside linebacker, and and I think. Uh, you know, Beagle is a, is a guy who meets that. He's very limited total coverage snaps in the NFL, by the way. But what he's done, he's done very well, according to PFF. Would you add another thing that, because you said he brought, brings three things, I would add special teams, right? Like, sure. I feel like, yeah, I feel like most of the um, meaningful snaps he had last year was on special teams. Um, so I do think he adds that element also. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think... Um, 
Yeah, he's, he's going to have to play special teams. And everybody who's on the margin of the defense or the offense is a candidate for special teams. And some of them aren't really built for it. Like they're the wrong size uh, size and shape to play special teams. Tommy Streeter going back was a very tall receiver. It didn't really make a lot of sense for him to be playing special teams. He, he wasn't any good at it. Um, and, and that made it hard to keep him on the roster. A guy who, who uh, was a better player than that. Uh, pass rusher, 2009 draft pick. Uh, got on the field. Okay. Second round draft pick, uh, interception against the Steelers, 12 sacks in, in the 2012 season. Why the hell can't I think of his name? Tall guy, uh, uh, Caucasian, um, uh, Kruger, Paul Kruger. Jeez, oh, what the hell's going on with my head here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So Paul Kruger was another guy who really couldn't play special teams effectively. Yeah. And that, yeah. And yeah. hurt his ability to get on the field, but, uh, Beagle yeah. will be okay with that. I have some additional goals if you want to talk about. Sure, go be. for goals. Okay. I just got my good and great whenever you're ready. Okay, sure. And I'll, I'll, I'll cue you on that. Um, the inside linebacker versatility is not obvious to me, but we'll see if they try and play him there in the preseason, whether they want another guy there. And if he can be an inside and outside guy and actually do it effectively, which I think very few players can, but it would be a veteran if you really wanted to have some, somebody like, you know, Jarrett Johnson could, but. But there's very few players who really can, and 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 I, few players that developmentally I'd want to take the risk on. Um, we may see it in preseason, and and if they do, it may be an opportunity to cut somebody who we think of as being on the roster at inside linebacker and keep Beagle for an inside outside spot, save one spot from that. Um, I think that you know the the coverage has been a strength, and I think we're gonna we're gonna see some in preseason him drop into coverage, and I'd like to see what that percentage looks like because. I think it's going to be fairly high that they try and see what he's got in coverage in probably some disadvantageous situations because that's what the preseason is for. So put him put a man against a tight end, see if he can hand up. You know, drop into a low zone normally, but 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 give him some other responsibility that's a little bit more than that, and and we'll see what he can do. Um, so I just got a notification that the pressers have started a few minutes early. Oh crap. Um, okay. So so let's go to good and great. <laughs> let's go to good and great. Uh what I see is a good good uh season for him is he first of all stands out in the preseason. So no matter what happens, whether he sticks with the Ravens or goes elsewhere, he puts some nice, you know, f- tape out there for everyone to see. But making it even better, a good season would be making the team <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh being a mainstay on special teams and then being um depth and insurance for the Ravens, um, on defense. Uh, that to me would be like, you know, for him, maybe some rotation in there would be, you know, a good season. Okay. Absolutely. I'm almost got exactly the same thing. Well-rounded combination of edge setting, pass rush, special teams play wins the last outside linebacker spot over Ferguson. I really think it's one of the two of them that'll make it. So that's a good year to me. Do you want to go with your great? What, what year is Ferguson? Can you remind me? Is he going into third or fourth year? Four. He's already on the bubble. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great season, which I kind of, you know, for him, I'd be happy, but for me, I, I don't know that I want this to happen, but if it was great, he, he becomes, um, uh, well, I'm trying to think if Bowser isn't ready and, um, Ojabo isn't ready, you perhaps sign Houston. So you've got Houston and OA. I don't know, rotational, hopefully he doesn't become a starter. For him, I'm sure he wants a 2000, <laughs> for him, he wants a 2019 type year, right? That would be a right. great season for him. Not so good for the Ravens. Because right. if he's on there getting 2019 type starts uh, and stats, then that means somebody is either not 
healthy or somebody or Dalen Hayes didn't step, step up. Do you know what I mean? Or because mm-hmm. I want to see Dalen Hayes. Do you know what I mean? I want him to c- come in and be the next guy. Or it means that Bowser took longer to get back or whatever. So, but that would be great for him is to have that 2019 type year. Um, but to me, where the <laughs> just be a rotational guy on defense and do special teams, be insurance. I don't want him to have a great year, Ken. <laughs> very, uh, very good. I've got a very similar thing. I'll just read it verbatim and get you out of here. Shines through the preseason and becomes a rotational outside linebacker who could play Sam and allows for weak-esque pass rush creativity, becomes a core special teams player. That's a great year for Vince Beagle yep. from, from my yep. perspective. Yeah, I like it. All right. Outstanding. I don't like scripted material, but once in a while when we're in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sarah, always a pleasure to talk football with you. Uh, you got anything else to talk about in terms of uh, shows or, or uh, writing or anything? Nothing to talk about at this time, Ken, maybe in the future, but not today. <laughs> All right. Outstanding. So much fun yeah. always to talk football with you. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. I'll get back to you very quickly. Ideally, a narrow topic. We can go into some depth in about 25, 30 minutes. Sarah, thanks a lot for coming on again. Thank you, Ken. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.